All right, so uh, we are in week two of our prayer series. Uh, each year for the past, I think, five years or so, four, five, six years, I can't remember now, um, that we, we've started the year out with a series that's focused on prayer because I believe that prayer has to be central. Um, it's, it's an important element. It's a foundation to a healthy church. Uh, we desire to be a healthy church, a healthier church. So what we want to do is we want to encourage uh, uh, people to pray, we want to encourage individuals to pray. We want to encourage um, um, getting in groups in, in praying. Um, so if we're going to encourage people to pray, I think we need to teach about prayer. Now, like I said last week and I've said before, I'm not going to teach you how to pray. Jesus has already done that. I just want to give you some, some, some ideas and some concepts, some principles um, that, that as we pray and as we look at prayers in, in the Scripture, that we can, what we can draw from and how they are um, impacting and shaping us uh, to be more and more like Christ. Uh, the, the prayer that which we're looking at um, in this series is in Ephesians chapter 3, and um, it, it's verses 14 through 21. Now, we started last week, and um, we went through 14, 15, and 16. So if you missed that, uh, it's, on the, it's up on the, the podcast and everything. Um, but what I, I don't want to go back through all of that. What I want to do is just kind of bring us back to, to this, the, 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 um, the setting that Paul is writing to this church in Ephesus, to this church that he spent years with, that he spent tears with. That he, that he had a relationship with them. As I read through th this prayer, um, I, I can't help to be even think like this, this is the prayer that I have for, for you, for us here at, at LifePoint as well. Um, so we're going to pick up in verse 17. Um, it, it's going to be an abrupt pickup here. But uh, like I said, we've got a, a lot to, to discuss. And um, I, I want to get this done in a timely manner, because I want us to be able to not look at all the information as, oh, i got to learn all of this stuff. I want us to take this information and bring it, and as you'll see, bring it into the head, but I want it to penetrate the heart. Because if there's no heart penetration, then all we have is a bunch of head knowledge. So, uh, verse 17. So that... And I love that when you're reading through Scripture, when it says things like that, so that he's referring back to what he's already said. Remember, he's already, uh, Paul has already uh, uh, given the, the approach in which we are to take towards God when we enter into uh, his presence or we come to him with prayer. He's already given us the appeal of how we are to do this. We're to pray according to um, his will, his glory, his, his nature. And he says, so that all of this, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So when, he, when he's looking at this, or we're looking at this, and he, he's communicating here, he he's, he's, he's has this prayer, and he's getting into, right now is like the, 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 the um, uh, um, real appeal of, 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 and, or the desire of Paul for the people that we can see. He says it's so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now, when he begins this, um, the, the, this request, it's kind of twofold here. And I want us to understand um, kind of what, what Paul is saying, because Paul is not uh, um, talking to a bunch of heathens. All right? So, um, so he's definitely not talking to us, right? All right, so he is, uh, he's not talking to a bunch of heathens. What, what I want us to understand is Paul is talking to the church in Ephesus. So it, just for a, a quick quiz, what is the church in Ephesus made up of? Believers. 
Believers, there we go. So he's talking to believers. Does that then, if, if he's talking to believers, does this verse kind of make you scratch your head a, a little bit? Because he says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Wait a second, if they're believers, isn't Christ already in their hearts? Yes. So what I don't want us to do is I don't want us to look at this, this text and, and, and think that, well, uh, Paul is praying to them so they can receive Christ in, into uh, their hearts. No, 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 no. Romans 9 already tells us that if we uh, believe in Jesus Christ, that, that we're automatically, at that time, we're filled with His Spirit. All right, So it's not that Paul is saying, you need to get Jesus. They already had Jesus. So if that's the truth, and it is, well, why is he saying that, that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith? Well, I think it's not in, in the, the fact of the, 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 the focus isn't on Christ, it's the dwelling part. It's the dwelling part. And that's where I want us to look real, real quick, because in the dwelling part we, seen, we see a lot. Because he's asking that Christ may dwell in their hearts. What does it mean to, to dwell? What does it mean when, when he's saying here that, that okay, it's, it's not just, I ask Jesus into my heart. A lot of people ask Jesus into their heart. And, and I, I'm not going to say they're not saved. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm going to say is they ask him into their heart, but then they go about doing things the way in which they want to. And, and Jesus is just in, in the heart, just kind of, you know, Crammed up in the corner. He's there, but he's not dwelling. What does it mean to dwell? To dwell means to take up residency. So when Paul is communicating to this church, he's saying, so that Christ may take up residency in your heart. What do you mean by taking up residency? It means surrendering the occupation, or not occupation, occupancy. Surrendering the occupancy of your heart to him. It, 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 it's, it's saying, okay, it's all, it's all yours. Not just, oh, Jesus, come into my life and make all my stuff better. Jesus did not... Now, hold on, hold on your seats. Jesus did not die on the cross to make your life better. Jesus died on the cross to forgive you, free you from the penalty of sin. When that takes place... He is, it says that He comes into us to transform us, not into a better version of you, but to transform you into a version of, a better version, not a better, but a version of Him, to be like Him. That's what it means to be sanctified. That means it's growing in the holiness, that's becoming more and more and more like Jesus. Because if we were just going to be a better version of Jake, I don't know how good that can be. He might have some hair on top or something. No, but it's not being a better version of you. Now, should we do our best? Absolutely, we should do our best. That's what Paul says, spudazo. You guys know that's my favorite Greek word. Spudazo, do your best. We have a, a responsibility to do our best, but it's not so that we can be the best. It's so that we can be transformed. And the Spirit can work through us as He's transforming us more into the image of Christ. So when Paul here is talking about this dwelling so that Christ may dwell in your heart, it's, this is the, the, the taking up occupancy. But he doesn't just say that Christ may dwell in your hearts. He says through faith. And, and I want us to understand that this is also as important because the only way in which Christ can have full control of your heart is if you surrender it to Him. And when you surrender it to Him, there is a, an act of faith. You have to trust 
God and what he has said. If we don't trust God and what he has said, what do you mean? Whatever he said. I don't, I don't know. If you, you, I'm not going to stand up here and give you a list. Oh, this is everything God said. Read it for yourself. If he says it, we have to trust him at it. Why? Well, because it's God and he, he knows what's best for us. He knows you better than you know you. How about this? He loves you better than you love you. Some of you are like, I don't know. I love me pretty uh, a whole bunch. Mucho gusto, right? I'm learning Spanish, so I'm, I'm trying to get it out. So, but 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 what's my what's my what's my line right now, Shannon? Um, vo más despacio, vo más despacio, española. No bueno, yeah. Something like that. It's, it basically it's slowed down. My Spanish is bad. So, see, see. But understanding, so the, the, this faith that, 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 take, that, that takes place, the, uh, well, the prayer in which Paul has for his church is that, that Christ may dwell in their hearts, to take up occupancy. And the only way in which that is possible is by faith. Now, why, why do I say that? Because I think so many people try so hard to let Jesus dwell in them that it's them that's doing all the work. Remember what, what, what Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by what? Faith in the Son of God who loved me and, 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 and died for me, gave his life for me. So understanding that the, the, the way in which Christ is going to dwell in our heart, you have to have faith. In, 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 a, in a society in which we live in now, everybody wants to live in Missouri, right? You get it? Show me. That's the show me state, right? Everybody wants to say, show me, prove it to me, and then I will believe. What does Jesus say to Thomas? Blessed are those who do not see, but believe. Blessed are those who do not see, but believe. It, there, there is. There, there is a, a, a bit of craziness in all of this. Because we believe in, in, in a, a, a Savior who came, who died, who rose again, who ascended, who's coming again. There's a little bit of craziness in that. It's not logical. Faith is not supposed to be logical. Because if faith, if faith was logical, it would be called what? Or science, right? Although a lot of science isn't very logical either. Just watch the Big Bang Theory. Oh, I stepped on somebody's toes there, right? No, but understanding that, that it is through faith, and Paul is praying to, or is praying to God, and he's communicating to these people that I want that, that his desires, Christ dwells in them, that has occupancy of 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 their hearts, and this is done through faith. It's by them trusting that God is going to be good to His word. As Paul emphasizes both of these, he does this for a reason. What do I mean, both of these? It's that here's the. This is, what need, this is what I'm praying for you, that he dwells, but it's only possible through faith. He, he does this for, I believe, a reason, because he, what he's doing, he's making a connection between the head and the heart. He's saying, this is what needs to happen, but this is the way in which it's going to happen. I think a lot of times what we do is, is we, um, we, we, we forget about the connection that is involved in the head and the heart in really following Jesus. There is a connection that is involved in knowing that Jesus is the Savior. I think that that's a lot of people know that Jesus is the Savior. 
He is the, 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 the Savior of, of the world. They've seen the football games and the John 3.16 signs that everybody holds up and everything. And, I mean, you ask people, who's Jesus? Oh, he's the Savior of the world who died, and you know, he's, that's why we do Easter. Some, some of your unbelieving friends have a bitter, uh, bitter, no, better articulation of who Jesus is than you do. But just because they know that in their heads, or just because somebody knows that in their head, doesn't mean that they trust that in their heart. There's a connection that is involved between knowing Jesus and as Savior in the head and trusting Him as a Savior in your heart. So, so when, when Paul's talking about this, I think that there's that head and that heart connection. And I believe from this prayer that we can see that. That we can see that there's a connection. In, in prayer we can see that, but even just in our, our, our Christian walk, our life, there's a connection. And, and what I want to do in the next couple minutes here is just draw from th- this prayer and show you that prayer communicates the need for the connection. There has to be a connection. Now, when I talk about a connection, I don't want my, 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 my legalist to jump up and say, wait a second, it's all about our connection with God. I, I'm, I'm not going to diminish that at all. Prayer is not only about our connection with God, which is primary. We do have a connection with God. When we pray, we're connecting with God in prayer. We are calling out to Him as He says. To We, are, we have a one-way way of communicating to Him. But we also have to be listening. Now what I, I want us to understand is prayer is not only that. I'm not diminishing that. Not diminishing the connection with God. What I want to do is I want to show that it communicates the need for a connection between the head and the heart. The head and the heart. Because when we don't have that connection between the head and the heart, what happens is too many Christians, uh, they try to live their lives. And maybe some of you are, are sitting here. You try to live your life either from the head or from the heart. When we need to, to, to understand how we need to live from the head and the heart, there's got to be that balance. I, I don't, you don't need to point out people. Maybe you don't, you don't even have to raise your hand if you're the one, but you, you know someone who is, they're a Christian. And I don't, at this point, what I don't want to do is I don't want to, anybody to like, think that I'm questioning your salvation. That's between you and God. What I want you to do is I want you to, how are you living your life with him, how is Christ living in you? Are you only up here, and are you just cerebral about everything that you have to do when it comes to my walk with Christ? I've got okay, I got this list. I got to read this passage. I got to do this prayer. I got to do this. I got to do this. Are any of those things bad? No. But if all of our if all of our our life and all of our focus is in the head, we're missing a part of this. But then again, if you're all feelings and emotions and I feel God, and you, well, I don't need to read my Bible because I just, I spend time with God and He speaks to me through my quiet time together. You're, you're at the other end. You're, you're on the, the, the imbalance of all heart. We have to understand that there, there has to be a connection between the head and the heart because if the head and the heart aren't connected, we get crazy. Right? And I'm not just saying about the heart people, I'm saying the head people too. You get crazy, and we have these crazy extremes in both categories. Too often, what happens is the head people, they know that they need to pray, so they pray. But when they pray, they lack the heart knowledge of actually trusting God to do what it is they're praying about. How many times do you like, oh, I know I need to pray for this. 
God, help me. All right, now what do I do? You say, God, help me, but you don't believe he's going to do that. You know that there's, wait a second, there's something in my head and I've been told that I have to do this and because I have to do this, I'm going to do it. But really, deep down, I don't believe he's going to do anything for it. That, that, that's a disconnect. That's a disconnect. That's not, that's not believing God at what he says and not believing God at his word. I believe that, that Paul didn't have a problem with this. His head and his heart were connected. And we, we see that here in the, in the text. But as his head and his heart were, were connected, there was a reason that his head and his heart were connected because they were rooted and grounded in truth. Look at the, the, the next part here. Look at verse uh, 18. So, uh, I'm sorry, ver- the end of 17. So, it, so that, beginning of 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And you have this little, this awkward statement that's put in here. And, and depending on which version of the Bible you have, it might be, uh, um, the punctuation might be a little bit different. But, but what we need to understand of this, this statement that's being said here, that you, he's talking to the, the, the readers, the, the, the believers, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, so pause there for a second. Most people want to continue on to 18. We'll, we will continue on to 18. But you being rooted and grounded in love, what Paul does is he, he follows this, this understanding of, okay, Christ is going to, uh, I, I'm praying for Christ to dwell in you through faith. And this is only possible because of God's love. And he's saying because it's built on the foundation of God's love, rooted and grounded in love. I believe that God's love is a foundation in which all the understanding of His plan for redemption take place. What do I mean? God's love is the bedrock in which everything should be built upon. If God's love is doubted, there's a crack in your foundation. It's not because God is faulty. It's because your thought of God, your trust of God is faulty. So what we have here is Paul, he's saying, being rooted and grounded in love... He's talking about the Father's love. And I love this because what happens here in verse, uh, the end of verse 17, it sets up verse 18 because he says, being rooted and grounded in love because God loves. Now, let me go even one step further. Because God is love. Because that is his nature. Because that is the truth. What we're going to be able to do here in the next verse is put everything on top of that. So it's because of the Father's love we're going to be able to see the manifestation of the Son's love. It goes on here. <coughs> Excuse me. Verse uh, 18. So 17 says, That you, being rooted and grounded in love, 18, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints. Pause for a second. With all the saints. Anybody who thinks their faith their, 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 uh, uh, their walk with Christ is to be private, you're wrong. With all the saints, we are to be public. We are to be in community together. And as we're talking about our head and our heart being connected, we need to understand that like, you're not designed to do this on your own. There's a need to be together. This is how God designed you. It doesn't mean that, that, that you are, are a lesser being. No, that means that you're a human being. And God made you this way. So here, when he says, may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. 19, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. 
What I want to do here is I want to look at this because I think uh, Paul brings together the, the real the importance here. It's kind of, it might be a little bit hard on the surface to see the importance of the connection between the head and the heart, but I want to explain this because th- this connection here is, is, is paramount. For what we're talking about and what we're talking about the, the Christian life and how prayer is to be a, 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 a essential and a, a prayer is important, but understanding that we all don't need to, okay, preacher said pray, so i got to pray. No, 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 we have to not only in our head... We have to grasp this and trust this in our, in our heart, and this is what Paul communicates here. He gives two additional requests in, in this, uh, this portion of, of Scripture. He says, the first one, that all believers will be strengthened. Look where it says that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Being strengthened to comprehend. The, 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 the strengthened means able to. Able to what? Able to comprehend. Okay, able to comprehend what? It says the breadth and the width and the height and the depth. The infinite love of Christ. Now, when he says able to comprehend, this does not mean that all believers will be able to um, wrap their head around the infinite love of Christ. Then if, it, if, it, if you could wrap your head around the infinite love of Christ, it wouldn't be the infinite love of Christ, right? But what we have to understand is he says this, that it's, it's huge, it's, you can't imagine this, but what he wants is, all right, I'm praying that you, you're, you're able to, to, you have strength, able to, you have strength to comprehend that it is infinite. Why is that important? You're not going to exhaust, exhaust Christ's love for you. Yeah, but I've done a bunch of bad stuff. You are not ever, not ever, never, ever, 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 ever going to, right? Never going to exhaust the infinite love of Christ. Now, that doesn't mean that you can go on sinning. Oh, God's going to forgive me anyways. No, 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 because you don't believe, you don't, you, don't, you don't understand the love of Christ if that's what you're doing, deliberately sinning. But what that means, like you mess up or something happens and, and, and you're like, man, I, I messed up. God's not going to be like, yep, you really did this time. I don't know if I'm going to forgive you. No, no, you're not going to exhaust the love of Christ. So as we look at this, Strengthen to be able to comprehend, to, to understand, to be able to say, hey, this is, this is huge. But what, we, what is interesting to, for geeks like me, some of you are out there as well, when we look at this, we can see that, that, that this strength to comprehend, that, 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 this term of comprehend, it appeals to the intellect. Therefore, it's appealing to the what? The head. Paul here, in his appeal, he's saying the strength to comprehend. He's saying, okay, so you can have the head knowledge. You can have this head knowledge that, that Christ's love is infinite. You can, you can understand that you're not going to understand. How many of you like that? Woo! Uh, but what he's, he's saying, he's appealing to, to, to the head. Now, let's go on in this, this verse. Strength to comprehend with all the saints. What is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth? It's, it's inexhaustible. Verse 19, and to know... The love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Now wait a second. He just said, i got to know it. Now he's saying there's something that surpasses it. What, what he's not doing here, he, he's not negating the impact or the necessity to, to the comprehending part. Paul's not negating, Man, that, yeah, but you know, so that you can comprehend, but that doesn't really matter. No, 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 no. That's not what he's saying. He is actually taking this one step further because when he says to know... And to know the love of Christ, our, our English does not do this, this, this verse justice. 
It does not do it justice. All. It, that's, not, that's not a head knowledge. That's an experiential knowing. That's a, that, that, that connection, that, that emotion that I don't just know this. Like I've, I've, I've experienced this. So this is that, that, that part where the heart comes in. So Paul here, he's not only appealing to the head, he's also appealing to the heart. And when he appeals to both here, what he's doing is communicating this importance. We see this through his prayer. So think about this. This is, 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 is so important to him. As he is praying, he is praying to the Father for the church, and he is, is appealing on behalf of the people of the church to, he's appealing to God, give them the, the ability to understand with their head, but also give them the ability to understand with their heart. This, this love that, it, that is, so, is so immense, that it surpasses knowledge, it's, it's infinite. He, he says this, and I, and I believe that this is where, here's one of your notes, you're filling the blank notes here. That the engagement of both the head and the heart together in prayer is important for the desired outcome of our loving Father has for us. The desired outcome that our loving Father has for us. Because I, I think that we, we see this, Paul is, is saying, God, fill them here. So, so Christ may, God, just work in their lives and, and let them understand that, that Christ can dwell in their heart, can take up residency. And this is done by faith. And it's, it's because it's all rooted and grounded in truth. It's rooted and grounded in love. And let them see the immensity. God, let them see the immensity of your son and his love for them. So that when they do, like Dan was saying earlier, when they do face these dark times, that the light shines brighter than the darkness. And the darkness has to flee. This is, this is Paul's prayer, and it's all so that here, at the end of 19, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now when we think about that, okay, that's cool. No, you're not. You're, you're, if you just are sitting there like, well, that's pretty, that, that's cool. It, it, you're, not, you're not getting it. It's still in your head. It's not in your heart. It, once we understand that God wants to dwell in us, that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit resides inside of the believers, and the same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is the same Spirit that lives in us. And that same Spirit wants to manifest Himself in our lives. To build up the body. Why? To build up the body so that the world can see His love. As we, we look at that, we have to understand that this desire for God's cho children is that we are filled with His fullness. Not just a little bit. So, some people are like, yeah, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm, a, I'm a Christian like on Sundays, but the rest of the week, no. No, no it, it's to be filled with His fullness. Now, I love here what it, when, it, when it talks about being filled, this term for filled here is generously supplied. And when, when, when it means generously supplied, it's like a two-year-old pouring a glass of milk. Right? What do they do? So, usually like this. And they don't know when to stop, and it just goes and overflows. But I, but I poured you a glass of milk, Daddy. 
Thank you, son. Right? When it talks here about being filled with the fullness of God, this is God just pouring out into us so that we overflow. And when we overflow, this is the, 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 the manifestation of, of God in our life. I believe that the desired outcome of Paul's prayer here can be understood by having our head and our heart connected through faith so that God's fullness can be supplied to you to guide you in everything you do. The fullness of God is to be poured out in us. So to understand that the connection between the head and the heart is so that the fullness of God can be poured out. God wants to bless His children. He wants to bless His children, but what happens is our disobedience keeps us from being blessed. Understand here that this is, this is all of Paul's prayer here, and next week's going to be awesome because we're getting into 2021, 20 but Paul's prayer, it, it really comes to, the, 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 this is why I'm praying all this. Paul wants, to, to, the, the, he wants the church in Ephesus to experience the fullness of God in their lives. That's my prayer for you. That you experience the fullness of God in your life. And it's understanding that we have to connect that with this in the head with this in the heart, so that this in the head and this in the heart are connected, and there's this, this path going on. It's not just a chain just holding it. I look at it as a, as a super uh, uh, um, internet highway, high-speed fiber optic cables, whatever, just connecting. So if our head and our heart are connected, that, 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 that fullness of God that's going to be there is going to have nothing to do but to overflow, and it overflows in our hands. So the head and the heart are connected so that it overflows in our hands. I, that's just a, a metaphor of like doing service for God, serving God with our lives. This is the desired outcome, not just of Paul. This is the desired outcome of our loving Father. So, so just think about this as we, as we pray. When we pray, pray that God, okay, God, open up my, my mind, but also open my heart. God, as you, you are filling me with knowledge, don't just let it be here. Let it, as I say, let it drop to here. But, but, but let, it, let us understand that, that, okay, this is all because of your love for us. We have the knowledge, the ability to know that Christ is our Savior because like Ephesians 2 says, it's for by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not your own doing. It's what Christ has done for us. So this faith in which we have, this is the, we need to, to not only because the Bible says pray, I better pray about it. Have you prayed about it? I haven't prayed. I better do that right now. No, it's when we pray, let's not only just pray with our head, let's pray with our heart. Trusting God to do what it is that He says He's going to do. Trusting God in what you're asking Him. What does James say? You have not because you ask not, but when you ask, you ask wrongly? Because you want to you know, just spend it on your, your, your own selfish desires and pleasures? If we're focusing on what God wants for, for, for us, what, what, what God's design for us is, when we pray, it doesn't just have to be this, oh God, if you want to, you can do this. But no, let's pray fervently for God to do, to do something. That's, I, I've told you guys, this is my prayer, is, is the, the, the growth in intend, attendance here at, at our, in our church. I'm praying that prayer. Because I know God's going to answer that prayer. 
Because we open His Word every week and we seek His face every week. And we sing to Him every week and we give our tithes and our offerings to Him every week. We are doing our best to be faithful to Him. He's going to bless that. Let's do this. Um, Let's pray. Now I know last week we, uh, when we prayed, I, I played a little music. I don't want to do that this week. So don't, don't worry about putting any music up there, Mike. Um, I just want to, just, we won't make it as long. Just a couple, couple minutes. Just in the, in, in the silence, and, and I will shut up, but in the silence in the, in the next couple minutes. Just, just, I mean, just be, be truthful to God and say, okay, God, I, I do. I want to engage not only my head, but my heart. But I want to engage them together, not just one over the other. Um, I don't know where each individual is. Everybody's at a different place. So you know your prayer to God. My, my request is that you make that prayer, that request made known to God. So in the next couple of minutes, just, just, just do that. And then we'll, I'll come back and we'll, uh, we'll close with a, a word of prayer. That might be the quietest time you've had all week. My uh, recommendation is that you have more of that. Let's all stand. I'm going to do something I haven't done in a while. Um, and when I do this, it, it, there, it, I, I have no... I'm not the Pope. I have no special powers. and He doesn't either, but don't tell him that. Um, but I, I just want—I want to pray a blessing. I'm just gonna—I want to pray a blessing over us as a church, um, and um, I want us to, to 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 trust God at His word, and He's gonna do what He says He's gonna do. So if you would just put your hands out in front, as if you're receiving a baby. If you have a baby, please don't drop the baby. Um, but just put your hands out and just, as, as if you're gonna receive something. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we do thank you uh, for who you are, God, uh, as we stand here with our arms outstretched. Uh, we know that uh, there's no special words that we can say to, to fill these arms. Um, but God, what we want to do is we want to uh, use this as a symbol that our hearts are open to receive what it is that you have for us. 
God, we know that it's not always something that is easy, something that is fun, something that uh, is popular uh, that, that you want us to do. But, but God, I, I pray that um, you make clear what it is that we are to do and that you transform our thinking and, and uh, you, you transform our hearts to be in line with you. God, we do want to be a people that is faithful to you, that we're not just coming together on Sunday for a check in the box, but we're coming together because we're coming to worship you and we're to learn more about you. God, I pray that we can take seriously what it is that we do and not just say, oh, I'm a member here, I attend this place, but no, I am a part of this church. I am a part of this body. And it's because your broken body God, this, all of this is because you love us. And God, let us live in that love. Let us understand better. Let us see that you, or your love is infinite and it's inexhaustible. But God, even though that you are high and lifted up, God, you want to dwell in our hearts. So God, let us surrender our hearts to you. Father, as I pray this, I know that it's through your Son that we can do this, and it is by the power of the Holy Spirit that it is possible. We pray this in your name. Amen.